Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I remember my Uncle Joe and my Aunt Bessie. Aunt Bessie, like I said, Uncle Joe and Aunt Bessie. And Aunt Bessie was deaf and mean. (laughs) And she would always tell Uncle Joe what he needed to do. And he would say it because he knew she couldn't hear. He would just be over in the yard and she would yell at him to do something. He'd be over squatted down. He would say, I heard him say this before, Bessie, I don't have to mind you. (laughs) What does that mean? That means Nicole was telling me there's no time for me to preach. And so I just want to say, Nicole, I don't have to mind you. (sighs) I, I was sitting here watching the video and the clock at the same time, thinking about... This whole first half of my sermon, how I could shave it off and just get to the point, which was my point. So you don't have to worry about any of the scriptures. Cole, I think maybe there was one scripture that you had for me, right? Uh, Revelation, the eighth chapter, verses one through five. I'm reading from the NIV. You have that? When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So let me try to demonstrate this. I don't know how, how to do this. Uh, uh, all, all the men in the room, I just want you to help me chant this. We're going to be the 24 elders. We're going to be uh, men angels. <laughs> and we are around the throne and we say, holy, holy. Keep going until I tell you to stop. Then all the ladies become the lady angels. And you're going to say, unto the lamb who sits on the throne. Unto the lamb. Just go as loud as you can. Unto the lamb who sits on the throne. Unto the lamb who sits on the throne. Unto the lamb who sits on the 
worship continues, continues, and continues, and continues, and all of a sudden, shh, heaven is silenced. When the seventh seal is opened, there is silence in heaven for about half an hour, it says. A climax has been reached. It was in order to hear those prayers. Silence was commanded so that God could hear the prayers of the righteous. Out of the silence, action developed. An angel came from before the altar of God with the censer. He mixed the prayers of the Christians with incense and combined them with the fire from the altar. Then he put it all in a censer and threw it over heaven's ramparts. The censer plummeting through the air landed on earth. On impact, there were peals of thunder, voices, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. The prayers which had ascended into the heavens returned with an immense force, a reversed thunder. The earth is shaken daily by it. This vision convinces the Christian of the potency of prayer. I propose to you that this is not a one-time coming event, but it happens every Sunday, every day of the Lord when his people gather and lift up their voices. He pauses, silences all of the noise, because he wants to hear what you have to say. Consider it. Persons who pray are not misled by demons. It doesn't matter their size, their influence, their importance, or their power. Persons who pray will never be misled by the demons. So now we have silence in heaven for about half an hour. It's in Revelations 8 verse 1. We live in a noisy world. We're yelled at, promoted, called. Everyone has an urgent message for us. We are surrounded with noise. Telephone, radio, television, stereo. Messages are amplified deafeningly. The world is a mob in which everyone is talking at once and no one is willing or able to listen. But God listens. He not only speaks to us, he listens to us. 
His listening to us is an even greater marvel than him speaking to us. It is rare to find anyone who listens carefully and thoroughly. It is rare to find our stammering understood. Every syllable attended to. Our minds taken seriously. When it happens, we know that what we say and feel are immensely important. We acquire dignity. We never know how well we think or speak until we find someone who listens to us. Ask any woman who ever is trying to get an audience with her husband. (laughs) Or any husband who wants an audience with his wife. Now, that's usually not the case, but when there are kids and bills and, and everything else and meals being cooked and uh, it happens on both sides of the coin. Persons in love often describe this distinguishing effect in their new relationship in words like, for the first time in my life, I can say everything I feel and think. This is not because they've added new words to their vocabulary or because they have taken speech lessons. It's because they have met someone who listens. True speaking is made possible when there is true listening. What good are words without a listener? Silence in heaven for about half an hour longer than this sermon. God listens. Everything we say, every groan, every murmur, every stammering attempt at prayer, all this is listened to. All heaven quiets down. The loud angel voices the piercing trumpet messages, the thundering throne songs are stilled while God listens. Hear the Father say, hush, hush. The prayers of the faithful must be heard. The spontaneous hallelujahs must be heard. The solemn amens. How about the desperate? Why hast thou forsaken me? Or the agonizing? Take this cup from me. Or what about the faithful who pray, our Father, who art in heaven? Or the joyful, worthy art thou, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all 
things and by thy will they existed and were created. All the Psalms said and sung for centuries and voices, boisterous are subdued, angry are serene. They're now heard, heard personally, carefully, accurately. God silences the elders and the angels. Not one of our words is lost. Consider that. Not one of our words is lost. The distinctive feature of early Christian prayer is the certainty of being heard. We are listened to. We realize dignity. Dramatic changes take place in these moments of silence. The world is made bright. So we've been making a journey through the book of Revelation. In the first chapter, we see this magnificent Jesus. It's extraordinary, probably the most elaborate vision of Jesus that Revelation gives us. But it's not the only vision John sees. There are six more times he sees him. He sees him, uh, he sees him like a lamb Surrounded by the 144,000, the lamb, well, well the, the angel says in the word, uh, the line of the, but he was, he wept because there was no one worthy to, to uh, break the scroll. And then the angel tells him, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy to take the scroll. And he turns to see the lion, but instead he sees a lamb. This is a symbol of the crucified Christ, the lamb who took away the sins of the world. He thought he would see one thing, and I will just tell you, Revelation, uh, and, and on another Sunday, we'll unfold it and we'll unpack it. There are, are different translations. There are different theologies of even how to interpret the book of Revelation, and we'll get to that in, in coming Sundays. But I want you to understand, uh, I remember as a kid, I started reading the Bible through when I was... 13 or 14 years old, and I haven't missed a year. I read the Bible through every year, so it's like 40-something times that I've read the Bible through. And I remember early, as in, when I was uh, in my late teens, reading the book of Revelation and thinking, that, that seems like there was, there was a, a child born. A woman gives birth. And a dragon is chasing her. And I'm like, as a teenager, before anybody explained to me how to even understand the book of Revelation, I was like, that sounds like Jesus being chased by Satan, wanting to destroy him. And we think that's a future event prophesied in the book of Revelation. One thing I'll say, and I'll close it like this. I have discovered, and I think I might write a book about it someday, called Granny Was Wrong. 
I'll say it again. Granny was wrong. Why don't you say it with me? What was Granny wrong about? Well, Granny said to my sister and to my mom that if you wear makeup, you'll split hell wide open. How many women are in the room with makeup on your face right now? Now, how can you say again with me, Granny was wrong? I remember as a little kid, my family and all the church family would go out to Lake Levon to swim. But I had to wear blue jeans. My sister had to wear a dress. All my cousins had to wear, the girls had to wear dresses. And men had, could not take your shirt off. And for God's sake, we couldn't get in at the same time because it was a sin for mixed bathing. That they even call it mixed bathing is one thing. But just say, Granny was wrong. Granny was wrong. There are things. <laughs> I see Diane's shoulders. Uh, There are things that I was taught growing up that as I begin to dig in and to discover for myself theologies that were, were uh, ingrained, is that the right word, into my psyche that I can't see at all. In the scripture. They will argue with me that this is literal. It's exactly like it is. Except they take a scripture from the Old Testament. Only one, only one passage of scripture with it's a period of like 490 years. And they, and they create an idea that this is the equation of seven years of tribulation that's going to happen in the book of Revelation. Well, the Bible says there will be tribulation. It says, who are these? The martyrs. Uh, so vast a number, no one could count. Who are these? These are they who have come out of great tribulation. But we created this idea that the rapture is going to take us out of here and we don't have to suffer. Well, how many of you have encountered suffering in your life? How many of you understand that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted? And, and uh, so this is almost like tipping over a sacred cow, but there are things that I discovered that Granny was wrong about. I love Granny, but you know, I may be wrong. <laughs> I, I, the, the, the truth is, Jesus said throughout the Gospels, and it's said many times in the book of Revelation, they have ears to hear, but they don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. So I have to wrap this. I have to land the plane. I'm going to pretend that what I see on the screen, silence in heaven. I'm just going to take the in heaven away. And I'm going to hear Nicole say to me telepathically, silence. Wrap it up. <laughs> uh, but but, but I, I want you, I want you, if there's anything you can walk away from. And carry this and understand if I ever needed to know right now with what we're walking through with Nicole's dad, if I ever needed to know that heaven pays attention to the cry of my heart, that heaven listens to every uttered word. Today, the word is Dacia.
heaven hears you. He, he silences all of the noise, all of the worship, so that he can capture every word that is prayed out of your lips. Every, every desire, every desire to see the kingdom come in your life, he hears everything. Everything he pauses and wants us, he gives us this confidence that we know with certainty that he hears us when we pray. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.